No more Noah. And a new GM? The Mets are busy and so are we. It's an emergency edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Next. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. 22-year-old Noah Syndergaard from Mansfield, Texas, in the center of the diamond. He struck him out. Big strikeout for Noah Syndergaard. Third time today he's worked himself out of a king-size jam. Syndergaard deep to center field. Back goes Herrera to the warning track at the wall. It's out of here! Noah Syndergaard with his first Major League home run! Swung got in, missed strike three, got him with a fastball down and in. Side retired, Noah Syndergaard has struck out ten batters. Here comes Escobar, Syndergaard set to go. Mets fans love it. Now that's announcing yourself. If they have a problem with with me throwing inside, then they can meet me 60 feet, 6 inches away. (laughs) And Syndergaard works a 1-2-3 inning in his first outing in the big leagues in nearly two years. It's kind of out of my control right now, and, uh, you know, it'd be a tough pill to swallow not wearing the Mets jersey next year. But I'm just going to take things day by day. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. An emergency edition of the show. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, we're back and better than ever. It's been a while, Figgy. It's been like six weeks. I went on another Mets podcast, and it was nice to vent a little bit. It's been a while, and a lot to do in that montage. You heard shout-out to the new guy, Andrew Hart, putting it together. Gary Cohen, Joe Buck, Tom Raducci, Howie Rose, SMY, Fox, WOR. And you heard the man of the hour. He won't be the man of the hour in New York anymore. He'll be the man of the hour in Hollywood or Disney, maybe we should call it. I don't know. It's in the Angels of Anaheim, not the Los Angeles Dodgers. Noah Syndergaard has opted no. He's opted out of the qualifying offer of $18.4 million, And he has opted in on a one-year deal with the Angels for $21 million. Figgy, well, first off, good to see you. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I know you were in Florida at fantasy camp. You missed out on fun time at the QBC, but it's good to see you again. How you been? Been good. Been good. Been busy down at fantasy camp for two weeks. A lot happened while we were down there, including a championship alongside my father in week two. And being in a Met uniform again is always special. We had 30 coaches down there. You know, Doc was around, Mookie, all those guys. And it's something that uh, you always hear me talk about it on the podcast, uh, how much fun we have, how much camaraderie just to be around those guys again and to compete uh, by picking these older gentlemen and living out their dreams of wearing a Met uniform. Um, but for some people, their dreams of wearing a Met uniform for their whole life are over. Look at Noah Syndergaard, who, you know, that was a famous quote that he had, that he wanted to be a Met for life, $2.6 million difference. And uh, he jumped ship all the way to, uh, as you said, Los Angeles Angels. Uh, it's not Hollywood. Hollywood would be the Dodgers. Disney. He's looking for Disney kind of pastures and maybe a quieter time pitching uh, late night, uh, not on the East Coast, not a lot of news happening uh, after his games. But, you know, we wish him the best. Um, I don't think it was the best move or the right move for Noah Syndergaard if you were going to you know, want to pitch and qualifying off you do it in New York and you're going to get an extension. Maybe he does go out there and have success, but we haven't seen a lot of successful starting pitchers over in Anaheim. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting move. And yeah, you heard that sound that he said it was, it's a tough pill to swallow not wearing a Mets jersey. 
take things day by day. Well, in the words of Ja Rule, we were hoodwinked, bamboozled, and led astray, Figgy. I mean, it seemed like a lock, and I think I tweeted a 100% chance he's back. I am stunned by this. First off, well, you know, he tweeted QO feelings with that gif of getting the head rubbed on, on, on looks like a, a lady's chest or a guy's chest. I don't know where that, that gif is from that he tweeted, but it seemed like it was a lock. He was staying $18.4 million after pitching two innings over the, la- the course of the last two years. It was a lock. He was a Met. Angels come in there, give it more money. In the end, I know fans don't want to hear it, and I'm not the guy to really care. They get a draft pick. And they have $21 million that they put elsewhere. Noah Syndergaard, the gift, by the way, is from Fight Club. Sorry, I, I did not apparently get that. They get the draft pick and they have $21 million that goes elsewhere, Figgy. To me, I was never in love with Noah Syndergaard. I thought he gave us some great memories over the years. The 2015 team, 2016, pitching his ass off in that wild card game that they lost to the Giants. You know, he gave us some incredible moments. But there's been nothing of that the last few years. And listen, if the Angels want to take that risk, give him all that money for a guy pitched two innings, one of them where he gave up two runs, has had injury concerns, I think good for them. Enjoy him. Go to Disney. I mean, he's goofy. It's it's <laughs> Disney. Goofy movie two starring Noah Syndergaard. I was never in love with the Thor thing. This persona, I didn't. I never loved Syndergaard like I love Jacob Degrom. I don't think he has the demeanor of Jacob Degrom. I don't think he's an ace. I think he's a number two or three. And not like he can't come back after this year. You know, he could go kill it out there. And then the Mets say, "Hey, we wanted to get the pick. We gave you the qualifying offer. You said no, but we'll be glad to have you back now that we saw you had a year." And I think he's factoring into this figure that he could go to a place where there is absolutely no pressure. All the media there is there for Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Noah Syndergaard is taking a back seat to those two shows. Let him have fun. He's going to a team that hasn't won in a while. Not that the Mets have. He's going to a place where the spotlight's not going to be on him. He could have a chance and have good success and then make $30 million a year after that. Good for the Angels offer. I'm not going to lose sleep over the Mets not bringing Syndergaard back. I'll be honest. No, I mean, if we were waiting for him to come back in May, he had a setback. He pitched all of two innings to get $21 million from a new team who has to deal with it. It's like getting a used car. You get a used car and you're going to overpay for the used car. You might love the car, but you don't know what's going on under the hood. You really don't. It was a lot for a guy who was supposed to be back in May and got shut down just from a little you know, soreness in the elbow, you know, a little forearm strain, and then just prolonged all the way to September. And he winds up, you know, grinding out two innings. Great. Uh, That's fine. When you look at how young he is, you look at the stuff where he was at, and I'm talking about the hardest throwing starting pitcher in all of baseball for many, many years. He wasn't that when he came back. So to see somebody take a step back and have to pitch more, I think he could be better. But if you haven't learned enough by watching the guys around you, so a Syndergaard has had a guy like Bartolo Colon who could go out there with one pitch between these speeds of 88 and 92 and still win you ball games. One pitch, one fastball. Syndergaard often got hit around and, and fell in love with trying to challenge people over the outside part of the plate when as a complete pitcher, he could pitch backwards. He could use his change up early in the count, get swings and misses. He could use his breaking ball early in the count, but he started falling in love with velocity. Travis Darno calling those games always seemed to be pedal to the metal. Let's show, let's show your dominance. That's how hard you can throw. And then when you had guys like Rene Rivera catching him, you could see the numbers. The numbers are vastly different. He had like a two ERA with Rene Rivera because Rene Rivera would make him pitch like a pitcher and be able to have that extra gas at the end where it's okay. I got to now protect against a breaking ball. Maybe, maybe a change. Oh, it's 101 miles an hour. I don't know if he's going to have that anymore. We saw what happened with, and I go from transitioning from Bartolo Colon to the dark night when he lost that fastball he lost the confidence he was still throwing 97 even this year he was as high as 96 95 but he lost the confidence 
of not being able to blow people away and couldn't pitch past that. Ironically, he went to Anaheim for 11 million guaranteed and wasn't the same. He's been the worst pitcher. The Dark Knight was the worst pitcher in all of baseball since 2017. Jacob deGrom has been the best pitcher in all of baseball since that same time. Noah is somewhere in between because you just don't know what you're going to get. And I hope and I wish him all the best. I want to see him be successful. And I would love to have him back after a year in Anaheim because he was a guy that you know could handle the big stage and welcome the big stage. I was never a fan of guys having these superhero personas because they're impossible to live up to. Absolutely impossible. That's why they have movies. That's why they have those uh, Disney happy endings. It doesn't happen that way. As you get older and you have to live up to that persona, you try to do more and more and you realize that it's not that simple. I, I think it's ego more than anything. And for a guy like him, maybe he gets a chance to take a step back. And, you know, he wasn't the man here. We got Jacob DeGrom and we've got Pete Alonso. Those are the two guys that are show for the show here. Even signing of Lindor for 300 million. He was never going to get that kind of money. He was never going to be that kind of player. So I don't think it's more of, oh, it's, he's going to be, you know, the limelight is going to be away from him. I think there's a lot of pressure of him to go over there for 21 million and having to be the best starting pitcher that they have. Name me their five starting pitcher. Andrew Heaney over the last five years was their best starting pitcher. Andrew Heaney. Yeah, they had like the worst staff in baseball. It, it was ugly there. And now it's Otani, Noah, and then other guys, basically. Right. And, and with Otani, it's like, you know, kid gloves when it comes to him pitching because you always worry about him hurting himself. I, I don't know. In this new new age of baseball, can he be babied at $21 million? Can he be a, a five-inning guy only? Can he do that? Because for $21 million, that that's, you know, number two status, like you said. This is a guy, when it came to the five aces, everybody thought he would be the best of the bunch because of how hard he threw. I'm on record two years ago, before the injuries, saying if I had a chance to keep Wheeler or Syndergaard, Wheeler was a more complete pitcher. And Wheeler damn near has a, had a chance to win the Cy Young this year and proved to be a, a better pitcher. We'll see what happens. I, I think, you know, I wish him the best. I'm not going to lose sleep, but the Mets have, they've got work to do. And I think the name Stroman has to come to the top of the list. Yeah, and we'll get to Stroman in a second. I think what's, you know, Mets fans are angry about, people are mad, mad about is he's full of SH it. Wait, when you say you want to be a Met, you want to be back here, it's not our money. Listen, 2.6 million is nothing to sniff at. That's a good amount of a chunk change more to get to go to the angels but that's chicken mcnugget money stop it for for really for this for, for this franchise with the new owner with 13 billion dollars what's 2.6 million that that's that's ashtray money so that that's not the reason that 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 is not the reason i, I get it I, I don't know what the reason could possibly be because the coaching staff yes has turned over for the mets remember they let all their coaches go only kept uh hafner he's the only one that has a secure job where he can come back and take his job ricky bones is gone ricky's now with the nationals so there is some turnover happening, and I don't know why Syndergaard wouldn't want to stay here unless he wasn't a fan of what was going on. There's it, a lot of he, uncertainty. I think he's thinking, I don't know who my manager it, It's no, you know, I'm going to be cutting my turkey in a week. I don't know who the manager is. The GM who we'll get to, not finalized yet, but it seems like, you know, they have their GM in Billy Epler, the former Angels GM. We'll talk about that as well. A lot to get to. Uh, you mentioned Nuggets, Chicken McNuggets, by the way. They gave me three-piece nugget. I got I got two four-pieces. They gave me seven. Like A four-piece. Can you count to four? One, two, three, four. You, can't you cannot sneak up. food by you. Yeah, I mean, if, if a dollar is at one million, then yes, he had 2.6 uh, nuggets, basically. That would translate to about nine nuggets if, if a dollar was a four-piece nugget. <laughs> Thank you um, for the McDonald's math, bro. Come on. Stay that's, focused. That, that's what we do here. I'm sorry. I got nuggets on my mind. Last two nights, I had nuggets in Brooklyn and Astoria. I got to go to, like, Staten Island next to get a couple. No, I'll never go there. But, you know, 
I think it's the pressure. I think it's the uncertainty of New York. I just hate that he he said, I want to be a med, all this stuff. What do you want and then him leave to say? for a couple million. But what do you I want him know? to say? Honestly, he's a pending free agent. He knows that this owner has more money than anybody else. What he's ho- you know what he was hoping for? He was hoping that they would throw him like a three-year deal for like 20 a year so he could get 60 million out of it. He was hoping for the hometown it. discount. And that's Yeah, of course. But well, they were hoping for a hometown hometown discount as well. And I, I'm pretty sure that they made him a low offer like that. And he was like, nah, you know, I could get something bigger. And and supposedly he turned down a larger offer of twenty five million. There's something. There's a reason why I, I don't. The know weather what it maybe. Is. Maybe he nah, is a Disney World fan. Maybe he Look. wants to <laughs> get a, fly, a frequent flyer miles. So his his agency, remember, is CAA. CAA. If it sounds familiar, Brody Van Wagenen, who no longer was an agent, he had to get you know. Uh, he had to give up his ability to be an agent while he was a GM. Well, all those guys, remember, they were dangling him around. That was the greatest thing that, about Noah Syndergaard and the Brody Van Wagenen era. Brody definitely talked to Noah about it before he did it. He said the very first year, we're going to the owner's meeting, and the most coveted thing that we have is not Jacob DeGrom, but a young Noah Syndergaard who has two years left of control, and I'm going to dangle him around and try to trade him. Almost what they wanted was Fernando Tatis. Remember from San Diego, the Mets tried to get Tatis. So how different could have things have been if they were able to get Tatis and swing that kind of a deal? But they dangled Noah around and Noah wasn't upset about it because I'm sure as a CAA client, they said, hey, we got to take you as the biggest name, as the biggest asset that we have and say, you're expendable to us. We want to win now. And that makes everybody take notice. What they tried to do was win the back pages of New York sports. And they did that. By saying things like that, by doing things like that. And Brody was excellent with that. And that's what CAA is all about. So to me, there's something underlying that we don't know, we're not privy to, that he you know, made that leap to go all the way out to uh, Los Angeles. Or I keep, I don't like saying Los Angeles because to me, it's not the same. Hollywood is the Dodgers and Anaheim is, is where he's going to be headed. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I'm sure the Yankees would have given him a nice little deal as well to stay in New York and he could have put on the pinstripes and done something right here in town. He could have joined Luis Rojas as the third base coach of the New York Yankees. Aaron Boone and Luis Rojas on the same coaching staff. What world are we living in right now? To close on Syndergaard, two great years were good teams. He had three great seasons. Otherwise, lots of injuries, drama. 2017 only made seven starts. 2020 missed the year. 2021, he pitched two innings. 2019, he had a 4.28 ERA. He had 2015, 16, and 18. Three great years. Thanks for the memories. Enjoy the Angels. Let's spend that 21 million and rebolster this staff. And as we talk about that, Figgy, they got a lot of work to do. And that might begin with new GM or soon to be GM, not finalized yet, Billy. Epler. Now, Epler was the Angels GM for five seasons, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You know, the off season after 2015 season is when they got him. You know, he is responsible for bringing in Mickey Calloway. It seems like that stuff was known about Mickey and he knowingly still hired him. We don't know. You know, allegedly you got to throw out there. We don't know the details behind that. That's his kind of stain on the resume. Other stain is the Angels have sucked. The Angels have not been good. He brought in Otani and Angelton Simmons and Justin Upton and Anthony Rendon, but the Angels have been an irrelevant baseball team. This hire, or soon to be hire, is underwhelming. But what were we expecting, Figgy? What were we expecting when the first 25 people on their list of candidates all said either no, no thank you, get the hell out the front door, didn't take an interview, everything from A to Z. And this starts with Sandy Alderson. Sandy's got to go. He's here another year, but there's something going on here. 
I, I know New York is a pressure-filled place, and I know Sandy wants to point to New York being pressure-filled. This wasn't always an excuse. And now for every candidate to basically be off the list because of New York, too much spotlight, yeah, the spotlight that could make you a god. It could make you a god if you win here. So it's a challenge that maybe the only strong will survive and will take, but I don't buy into that BS that Sandy's spitting out there. Sandy's a major problem, and it seems like he'll only be here one more year, and the other side of this, Figgy, that it seems to be the case is that Epler is best buds with Stearns and that David Stearns maybe will be a lock to be the Mets president of baseball operations. Sandy will give him the keys. He'll go off to bingo hour and wherever he's from, play bingo, but they'll ride off into the sunset. If it's Stearns coming along with him, I think Mets fans will jump through you know windows for that. They'll celebrate for that. So that's the other side of this, Stearns next offseason. But the initial thought was underwhelming, but glad it's over with or about to be over with initially. Yeah, without a doubt. I think the process uh, just went so long and there was so many question marks and there's still so many question marks as to you know why people don't didn't want to even interview for the job or teams weren't letting them interview for the job you have to remember this media market is like nothing else you can be who you want to be and stay that way in any other media market you come here and even just for the nomination of an interview process people's fingers start clicking they start searching the internet scouring the internet and everybody wants to make a name of themselves and find a picture of him from third grade where he dressed up as a cowboy or an Indian and say, oh, he wanted to be an Indian, not a cowboy. Look at who he is and make a judgment upon somebody based on past discrepancies. It's a very difficult thing to do when you're moving your family or even the thought of moving your family from wherever you are. And we just finished saying the obscurity of LA, which is Anaheim, to coming to New York and the bright lights in the big city where you can't hide. No one wanted their lives turned upside down, even just by an interview process. I am the first one to say, I think they still had talks with people. I think they still kind of interviewed people without it being known. Because if you say in the media, nah, I'm turning it down. Who says that they didn't have a phone call? Who says that they didn't do the interview process? But it keeps your name out of the media. That's what you wanted. Because any little thing starts popping up and every little thing starts popping up. Epler over the, you know, his tenure with the Angels is the same thing. Look at the things that have happened with him. There's been controversy with him as well. The signing of Mickey, Tyler Skaggs, who passed away and overdosed. You also had the visiting clubhouse attendant being investigated by Major League Baseball for creating a sticky substance um, that really started the whole crackdown on the sticky substance thing. If you think about it, these all happened under his watch, including a no higher than really fourth place finish, losing records every year with the most talented bunch of players like you kept saying. Sounds familiar? Sounds a little familiar. Dysfunction, meet dysfunction. Well, I don't even know if it's dysfunction because you didn't hear about dysfunction out there. Dysfunction is on a daily basis with the Mets. Everything seems to happen between the manager, the players, the players fighting each other, raccoon game. You can find 12 things in this season alone that you can call dysfunction. You're talking about three instances that come up from the Angels over the last five years. So it's not even, you know, you can't even equate the two. For me, it's bottom line. I don't care how the sausage is made. I don't give a damn who the GM, assistant GM, president of baseball operations, the ticket holders, I don't care who any of those people are. What I care is wins and losses. That's what I care about. I care about a team playing as a team. I don't like where we're at 
in this day and age that everything gets thrown into the front office and what the front office is doing. What is Sandy doing? What is Sandy doing? Well, the team's not hitting. That's what the team's not doing. Stop blaming the front office. Stop blaming the, the lack of having a president of baseball operations. That's why they're, they're not playing so well. They had 65 Mets in uniform this year. That's why they didn't play so well. They also didn't make a move when they needed to make a move, which a black eye on Sandy compared to what Anthopolis did. Well, you just playoffs. said don't blame the front office and then you blame Hold the on. front office on the no, 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 no. But I'm saying is that I don't care who it is. You're looking for names and Stearns and this, oh, they're going to be Batman and Robin. I, I, if you can name the 86 GM, assistant GM, president of baseball, all, name those guys. You never, in a championship season, you don't know who those people are. You know why? Because you didn't hear about those people. Afterwards, they get the acclaim. You know, David Johnson, great manager. Frank Cashin, great GM, putting the pieces together of the puzzle. Right now, there are so many chefs in the kitchen that it gets to be a problem. The analytic department, the scouting department, a department watching the quality control of both departments, the department of it's disgusting already. I don't care how the sausage is made. Bottom line is you have to win in a market like New York, and no major sports team has done it in the last what? 11 years, no major team. But figure, here's the problem. This is why you want the big name and the established name. No, it's not. The constant turnover is getting frustrating year in, year out. New guy here, new guy there. If you get Stearns, a guy who's built a great farm system with the Brewers, first place team. Then give him a 10-year deal. Then don't give him a two-year deal to make things happen. That's the Sandy issue. Sandy, Sandy's days are done. We are in a younger generation. Look, Epler's 45. Stearns is 36. I mean, I'm 30. He's six years older, and he's running a major league team. I'm getting a four-piece nugget at McDonald's. He's 36. These young guys are taking over. The Sandy get-off-my-lawn guys who doesn't properly vet for interviews, who's clearly out of touch with the modern game, is over. And that's why Mets fans are mad is because this old school thing, in the it's done with. You have to move on to this, to this youth, to these younger guys. You want guys that relate to these players. That's why you're seeing a lot of younger managers now as well. It's just a different game. Hopefully Epler's good. I'm not going to overreact to this. You know, the Mickey thing's obviously a mistake if he knew about all that. But now he's got to make the right move. We just hope he can. He had decent moves with the Angels, but the team was hot garbage. That's the thing. We want a winner. We don't want just names. We want winners. He's had, in his tenure, Shoyotani was the best signing he did, you know, getting him from Japan, $20 million posting fee. The most exciting player in all of baseball because of the, that he can do both things. His best trade, Andrelton Simmons, getting a defensive-minding player, uh, two gold gloves, top 10 in MVP in 2017, uh, biggest extension in baseball, $426 million for you know Mike Trout. And it's great. You're keeping the best player in all of baseball in your uniform for the foreseeable future as long as you know the, the, the team will be around. But they haven't won Bupkis. They haven't drafted. They haven't developed. There's no starting pitching. There's no closer. There's no Hansel Robles was their closer. He was pretty decent for them, surprisingly, better than here. My biggest concern is not those things. Epler has a resume of working under Cashman and then finally getting his opportunity in LA. These are all great things. It is when he gets here, he's had an owner with deep pockets. This guy's shelling out dough left, right, and center. He's had an owner with that, but they still have not finished above fourth. So what is it going to take? Because the Mets have a nice young core. They have the ability to do that. We imagine they're going to open up the wallet this year and kind of really invest. They're going to have a huge draft class coming if they don't sign guys who were, you know, been given qualifying offers from their other teams. So they have an opportunity to really not just revamp, 
retool, but be right in the middle, right in the mix. I look at the Atlanta Braves. They were dead in the water on that July 26th date that we keep referring to. And all Anthopolis did was go back to 2014 when Batista said, you didn't make the moves to help us. And what did he do? Get four all-star outfielders. And it changed everything. Not more than that. Four all-star outfielders. And they won a freaking World Series. God damn it. And they wind up winning a World Series. And whether it's his only World Series, a dynasty, I don't care. We still sit here coveting, coveting our last World Series and all the players that are involved. I was just there in fantasy camp. They are beloved. And it's been 35 years. It's not easy to win a World Series. And when you have the opportunity and you're in first place for over 100 days, 100 days out of 162, my man, and you didn't do something to help this team win, you can't sit there and blame anybody else. Even though your GM was got locked up for DUI and everything else, it's always a circus in New York. And so now Epler's com- coming in here. He's going to have the same deep pockets. Now it, it, it is. He's built analytical departments before. He was one of those founding fathers of it with Anaheim, but they still didn't win. It's so funny that how many times have I said, how, as an example, about having a lot of money doesn't mean that you win. What team did I always use? The Angels. And we're getting to get the guy from the Angels who couldn't win. Am I thrilled about it? No. Do I need a bigger name? No. I just think if, if Stearns is coming over in the next year, and this is a rebuilding year, then this has got to be the time that you do go all in and you get the players so that they're comfortable when uh, it, it all turns around. We don't know what Jacob deGrom is going to be. He hasn't thrown a pitch since, what, June? Yeah, it is. I know, you're worried now. Now it, I made you really nervous. Yeah, I mean, well, you said the word rebuild, and I, I hate that. This team has to win this year, and you saw Theo the Braves Epstein, win a Theo World Epstein did a rebuild. Theo Epstein did a rebuild in Chicago, and they won a World Series within five years. Rebuild. Complete teardown of, of the Chicago. No matter how good their players were, he got rid of all of them and did a complete teardown. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for another garbage team in, in 2022. It's just, it can't happen. This team's got to be a winner. You got the money to do it. Go do it. We'll see how Epler does. And, and listen, the, the remember remember the Mets, and I'm looking at the picture right now, and I'm just reminded, Harvey, Mats, Wheeler, Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Jacob is the only one that remains. I mean, five aces. This is what we talked about from the very beginning. It was very difficult to for all of them to live up to the hype. Generation K, I was just with Bill Pulsifer all weekend, and we talked about the rise and fall of Generation K. It's something that is an expectation, a very lofty expectation. The rest of baseball caught up. Remember the Mets were, oh my God, all, all these guys throw 95 plus. This is incredible. Everybody in baseball now throws 95 plus. Everyone on every staff, except for two players probably, Throw over 95 with a 91-mile-an-hour slider. Baseball's used to it now. So what do you have to do? You've kind of got to adapt and go maybe a different route. Have guys who can actually pitch, change speeds. Have middle relievers who are side armors. That that seems to be the newest thing, changing the game, making the looks a little bit different for these hitters who are seeing constant guys throwing 95-plus with 90-mile-an-hour sliders. So it'll be interesting to see roster construction. It'll be interesting to see – but this GM has never been able to put together a winning rotation slash bullpen slash pitching staff. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll see if, if Hafner has uh, more input to help this team, you know, make the right moves. Yeah, the, the interesting thing will be who we, you know, Brad Osmus is a name that tossed around as Came manager. right up top. Yep, because he was with him. He hired him for one year over there. Not in love with that, but I, I won't lose sleep completely. But Brad Osmus does not excite me that much. The good thing is he's, he has GM experience. If they went with Adam Cromie, I think people would have been very mad today. A guy who's been out of, been a lawyer basically the last four years, been out of baseball, wouldn't make much sense. At least Epler has only kind of been out of baseball for a year. He was working at WME 
as a business partner in the baseball division. So he has GM experience. He's still fairly young. You know, we root for him to do the best. Hopefully him and Steve Cohen and, and Sandy Alston can combine. And hopefully he says, hey, Stearns, you're a Met, lifelong Met fan. You're from New York City. Come here. We need you in New York. So hopefully next winter it's a package deal and he brings him along. Well, coming up next on Amazing But True, we'll talk about how the Mets replace Noah Syndergaard. What will they do this offseason ahead? They are very close to having their GM. Now it's time to make some moves, assuming there's no lockout coming, which not a lot of people are talking about, but there's a chance that that could still happen. But there's lots of moves to be made. What will the Mets do? That's next on Amazing But True. All right, we're back in Amazing But True and uh, lots to do. And it starts with Marcus Stroman. You brought it up. You know, Figgy, this rotation, it's question mark after question mark. It starts with DeGrom, you know, assuming he's healthy, no question mark there. But again, injuries last year, no surgery. You're praying and hoping his arm stays intact in 2022. If not, the Mets are royally screwed. Behind him, Taiwan Walker, he's back. Carlos Carrasco, maybe just cancel first innings and he'll be fine. But, I mean, maybe you make him have an opener every Get time him he an goes opener, out yeah, there. right? Yeah, so you have Walker, Carrasco, and then a lot of what-ifs. McGill and Peterson are the other two. We don't know if they're staples in this rotation. Foot surgery, Peterson. McGill was solid, and then he regressed. You know, Walker was incredible in the first half, makes the all-star team, and then was terrible in the second half. So there's a lot of question marks in this staff. You have to go out, Figgy, and get at least two starters. And I think now, a lot of emphasis on bringing back Stroman. You're going to have to pay to get him. You now have the $21 million you're going to pay Syndergaard. You have a draft pick. You can go out and pay Stroman. If Eduardo Rodriguez is getting $15.4 million, if Noah Syndergaard is getting $21 million after pitching two innings in two years, you're going to have to get Stroman for at least, I think, $25 million a year for at least a couple of years if he wants to be back. And if that's the case, New Yorker, you know, seems like he wants to be here. You're going to have to splurge and get Stroman, whatever it is. If it's four years, 100, maybe you give him more per year for less, three years, 90. You're going to have to pay a pretty penny, and he's probably got to be atop that list as a surefied option. There's other options out there, and we'll get into those, but I think you're going to have to go out and get Stroman now. Yeah, uh, he is a guy that wants to be here. He's talked a big game ever since he put on a Met uniform, and when he opted out in 2020, you know, it was disappointing for everybody and himself included. I'm, I, you know he wanted to be around this team and help this team win. Last year, without him, they had no chance. They had no chance. He was the most consistent thing in a Met uniform, never being on the IL, being able to do all the different things that he did, fielding and pointing out he, he's won a gold glove before every time he made a play. We talked about the highs and lows of Marcus Stroman where you, know, you can see the body language very emotional. He's a, a player who wears his heart on his sleeve and gets into altercations with the other team. And he's fiery. You need that kind of, it's not even spunk. I sound like I'm an old man. You need that kind of uh, heart and desire from a guy. And, and that's you you know, what, what Strowman always says is that you know it's it's not height that matters, it's heart that does. So I, I, I'm excited for them to make him an offer. He's in the driver's seat, man. He's got to be feeling pretty good right about now when he sees Noah Lee for $21 million. Listen, there's going to be competition to sign Marcus Strowman. And I don't think it's, you know, just just between those two teams, this is a guy who talks a talk and backs it up. While he needs a good defense, and the Mets will have that if they're able to lock in Baez and you have that gold glove defense up the middle. He's not a huge strikeout pitcher, but he's a guy that will want to eat innings if you let him. We saw that a few times this year where they were pulling him out with only 85 pitches. 
you need to have guys that can go a little bit further than that and save the bullpen and you know keep the team in the lead until you can hand it over to the more sure things in the end of the bullpen. So I think Stroman is going to get a nice deal. I think he's, again, in the driver's seat, so he can wait wait this out as long as he wants. Yeah, we don't even discuss, but one of the bullpen pieces, they got to bring back is Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop was basically the best player on the team. He's got to be back. So that's another free agent. But, you know, if they don't get Stroman or if they do, remember, they got to get two Figgy, probably number two starters. Walker, Carrasco are really four or fives at this point. The way Carrasco pitched, he's a four or five. When they got him, you thought he was a two or three. He pitched like a five or, or a guy shouldn't be on the team last year. So he's got a lot to prove. But listen, he only had two months, injuries, weird spring training. It was a strange year, Carrasco. You kind of just say, all right, fresh start, fresh offseason, get ready. There's some uncertainties on the market. There is the Justin Verlander route. If you want to give him, if you want to go the Syndergaard route with him and give him one year for a lot of money, a prove it kind of deal, one year, $23 million. He's a guy. Clayton Kershaw, another guy. Maybe he gets another short-term deal. Another guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries. You're not in a great position. Here's the thing, Figgy, to go with uncertainties. Remember, Syndergaard was an uncertainty. He only pitched two innings in two years. He hasn't been the same pitcher in four or five years. So there were a lot of uncertainties there. There's uncertainties with Verlander and Kershaw. There's not uncertainties with Max Scherzer, but Max Scherzer's not coming to the Mets. I don't think that's happening. He's the other guy. Other names. Kevin Gaussman, Danny Duffy, Carlos Martinez, Robbie Ray, Carlos Rodon, Alex Wood, and Anthony DiSclefani. Those are some of the names. Are there two to three on those lists that you see that the Mets should hone in on and have a realistic chance of getting? Well, Carlos Rodon, of course, is 29 years old and the third best war uh, in all of baseball last year. Pitched outstanding for the White Sox and seemed to finally get over the injury bug and, and figure out um, the mix of pitches that he needed to, to use to be successful. He, he had a really, really good season. He's somebody that I could see, again, probably the youngest free agent out there with any kind of credibility. You look around and, I mean, after that, it's some of the Robbie Ray, of course, left-handed, uh, hard thrower. He's another guy that you can see a Met uniform. Danny Duffy, I've always liked. He's 33 now. So you're not going to get any really spring chickens who are really going to be game changers for you. Not a lot of front page names like headline kind of you know front back cover the new york post names but nice names on that list yeah i mean you're looking on that list is 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 a bunch of different guys that you could see uh fitting in and not having to be a number one or number two i'm not a lester gray that they were hanging on by a thread in my opinion you have the Um, rich hill as a fifth starter or a a depth option if you went that route your pass on that one Mm -mm, i'm passing on those i'm passing on those things i think you have to solidify someone who can pitch give you innings gossman is a nice name at the top right behind scherzer all year long when it came to uh pitching excellence so gossman is a guy that i think would be a nice fit rodon so these are going to be the kind of guys that you want to sign top level type pitchers to bring in with jacob Degrom. i mean a scherzer Degrom combination good god that'd be a lot of fun but i don't know if scherzer would come here well who knows what scherzer wants to do Degrom and scherzer you drool over and then the rest of the rotation you kind of round out but again yeah Will he come to New York? I do love that Stroman replied. Someone put a Photoshop of him in a Yankees uniform, and he replied with a gif of 50 Cent driving away laughing. So (laughs) it is confirmed that Marcus Stroman will not be going to the Yankees. Sorry, Andrew. I hope that it all gets worked out with the Mets. But Figgy, we'll see. We'll have an emergency show whenever that manager news and any other big news hits. But before we wrap up the show, we sadly lost two of your former teammates, one of them a Met in Pedro Feliciano and Julio Lugo 
thoughts and prayers to them and their families and thoughts and prayers to you losing two former teammates would love to hear you reflect on your memories of both Feliciano and Lugo and I know you were down at fantasy camp and how you heard of the news yeah first with Feliciano um we were doing our evaluations of the campers and over in the bullpen and uh, Ricky Bones got a phone call could see he was shaken up I walked over to him and he couldn't barely get it out just talking about Feliciano said Feliciano died and we hugged both started bursting out into tears only 45 years old he died in his sleep heart attack Ricky had was just saying, you know, he saw him last year and brought him down to the bullpen to see guys and talk with him for a little while. And very sudden and surprising. We had a moment of silence down there in fantasy camp. All the fantasy campers loved Pedro. You know, we were actually just talking about him because down there, there's called the 10 pack where there's 10 mounds, you know, lined up next to each other. And I always try to get guys to space out because these guys aren't accurate and they throw the ball all over the place. And I told him how Feliciano used to warm up on the mound and use the opposite mound and throw a cross because of his sidearm delivery. And I had never seen that before, but that's how he used to get ready. So you couldn't have two guys going at the same time because he would crossfire just to get his arm angle right, just in case he's facing a lefty. We had just finished talking about him and then to get the news, all of a sudden it was heart-wrenching. Every single former Met there, you know, just took off the hat and couldn't believe the news. And we had the moment of silence in his memory. And then, uh, of course, a week later, I'm home and to find out that Julio Lugo, a guy I grew up with, um, him and his brother, Youth Service League organization, we played together coming up, we played against each other, played against each other in the big leagues. And there's nothing there's nothing greater than, you know, you guys came up together, played together, we won a championship in Johnstown, Pennsylvania together. We both went into the, literally two years ago, he went in to the Johnstown Hall of Fame and I went in after him and a great competitor and you get to face your friends in the big leagues. And it, it's like, for a moment, time stands still because you're sitting there wanting to hug your friend, wanting to smile, but you also want to compete and get him out. You know, and I remember he got a hit off me. I just tipped my cap to him. Like we did it in the big leagues. I don't care. It's a hit. Just a really good guy. Went on to do some really good things in baseball. He was working with Escojito, a team I played for in Dominican Republic. You know, had a lot of business ventures, always giving back to the community, always trying to make people's lives a little bit easier. And and to hear of his passing at 45 years young, same thing, a heart attack. Both guys to lose those guys, um, teammates and brothers in a course of a week. It's very, very difficult. Puts everything kind of in perspective as to, you know, the important things in life and to make sure that you tell the people that you love that you love them and, and give people hugs as much as you can and to, to tell people you value them. You know, don't wait until it's too late to be talking about them rather than to them. It's a difficult time and, and I, I look to do something in their memory each and every day. Their love for the game, the way that they gave everything. Feliciano, everyday Eddie, you know, pitching 90 games a year and always being available. Um, that's something that I will talk to ad nauseum to every single pitcher and every single relief pitcher that I ever work with. You know, Julio Lugo being a little guy who came up and, you know, being a World Series champion. He made the most money out of, it was Manny Ramirez and then, you know, Julio Lugo as far as like who made money in the big leagues, but you would never be able to tell that. He was just down to earth, great guy. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to both their families and they would definitely be missed. Perpetual Pedro, rest in peace, 45 and Lugo dying a day before his birthday. I mean, that is a tough situation there. And, you know, put things into perspective, you know, after all the people we lost with COVID and, you know, always show love to your loved ones and, you know, make sure that they know that. And Feliciano, once a Met, always a Met, only a Met, his whole career with the Mets. And this guy was always out there and always signing autographs. I've never seen a player sign, even if he didn't want his autograph, he was signing it. And I you love that. <laughs> you know, he went by everyone and signed every single one till it was done. And rest in peace to Pedro Feliciano and Julio Lugo. 
All right, Figgy. Well, episode 93 of Amazing But True is in the books. Our Mets podcast here from the New York Post. I got to thank Andrew Hartz, the new guy. Andrew, welcome aboard here. It's going to be a fun program. Uh, you are a Yankee fan, but he does come from MLB and doing social with the Mets. So you are locked into the Mets as well, and you're going to enjoy the ride, I think. You'll be part of the academy. You'll learn some Spanish <laughs> over time. If you don't know it, you'll learn how bad I am at Spanish. Um, so thanks to your help. And always, you know, make sure to follow Jake Brown Radio at Figgy and why at amazing but true give us a five-star rating right in a nice review on apple podcast figgy it's gonna be back behind the mic you know it's been so long i, I know you missed me dearly over this time and although your phone you were probably loving it. your phone was not blowing up like it usually does from me during the season yeah no it, it was definitely uh long overdue we worked hard on those two days a week uh trying to put together the most complete mets podcast and i think we do a fantastic job andrew welcome you won't be disappointed by the amount of work we'll give you your input will be valued we had great conversations before the show i, I said we already did a pre-show for the show just discussing baseball so i love having the uh new fresh mind to challenge us and to push us I, I think we continue to grow as a show all the guys down in fantasy camp just raved about our show guys are wearing their t-shirts that met you uh before jake at the stadium they were, they were loving it they kept asking when's the next podcast when's the next podcast so you know i, I think this has been a, a very good two-year run for us and i hope continued success next year hopefully with some video and some more fan interaction during the shows and uh, I could see this being the number one Mets podcast in all of baseball. Well I think it is even if the ratings don't show it I, I think if you're a knowledgeable fan and you understand greatness that shows it um, <laughs> but yeah I gave I gave Hearts a, a shirt and gave you know Miss Met a shirt who apparently her dad had sent her a link you know Shannon Miss Met on Twitter her dad sent her a link to our podcast saying this guy really shreds Rojas this guy being me and then i said oh i'll tell here you go give him a shirt so uh shout out to papa miss met for that so there you go and thanks to everyone who does support amazing but true for nelson figueroa i'm jake brown we will be back whenever the next big mets news hits hopefully a new manager we'll see who it is and we'll talk to you then peace